Ever regret the years you wasted? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Layton. Joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, you'll hear from David Valsich, who regretted wasting so many years on cocaine addiction. I think that when you're living a life of survival, there's no time to really look back and think, oh, I wish I didn't do this or do that. When you're constantly going from point A to point B, going to school, going to work, but the minute you have time to just sit and you're not working or you're not in school and you're not busy, you have time to look back. And that happened to me in my life. Hmm. Yeah. Time just goes. And we don't realize when we're using time just to maybe kind of waste it or not pay attention to it, it just slips through our fingers so fast. And how does one get to the point where they're actually doing what they plan to do rather than, you know, suddenly you're getting maybe like a midlife crisis and you're a certain age and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't achieved this and this yet. And the time is running out. What do you do? You know, for me, when I had a chance to sit back and just really think I was a stay at home mom. And for the first time I wasn't working and running around doing this and that. And I just started to look back and think, well, what were the things I did and who were they for? And I realized most of the things I did were for me. I was trying to get rich and get famous and do all these things. And no matter what I had or did, it just didn't feel fulfilling. Hmm. And when I realized it, I thought, gosh, what a waste of life. The things I did, I did a lot of bad things and things that just weren't productive or helpful. So instead of living in regret, what we can do is say, God, what do you have for me in my life? What plan do you have for me? Because when we're doing it in our own and trying to live for ourselves, it really can be unfulfilling. Mm. You know, I think so many people can accidentally waste time because they're spending all their time trying to get to know what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know what your purpose is, you will do whatever just shows up to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then one day when you get older and you're like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. There can be a crisis. It's like, oh no, time's running out, but I haven't really done anything with my life. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 18, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to stop there because there's so much to dissect here, which is how do we redeem the time? You know, if we're listening right now, we can just feel guilty about the time that was wasted. Mm-hmm. But the Bible's clear. Find out what the will of God is in your life And then you will redeem the time. You Mm -hmm. will save the time by doing what's right now. So maybe if there's years in the past that have been wasted and thrown away, that can change right now. When you give your life to Jesus and you find the purpose and plan and will of God for your life, wow, you will redeem that time and the purpose will be revealed. You know, for me, even though it felt like a lot of it was a loss, the things that I did, the education that I had, God has used it for his glory. So even if you feel like you've done all these things and you didn't know your purpose, but now you want to serve God, he can use that for his glory. Let's hear from David Valsich after the break. 
Real Life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us is David Valsich, and he was addicted to drugs for 12 years. He had three overdoses, and his last overdose, he called out to God, and something powerful happened. Let's welcome to the show, David. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, I understand at the age of nine, your parents got a divorce, and you were going back and forth with your parents, and this became very hard for you. In fact, you started to get in fistfights with people in school. You went to juvie hall for the problems you were facing, and you were playing football and ended up doing steroids. Can you tell me how you felt during that time in your life when everything was going like chaos? Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, it was devastating. My whole world came crashing down. My parents had me down as if mommy and daddy are getting divorced and dad's going with somebody else and my world just shattered. And then I became really angry and withdrawn and just rebellious. And I didn't trust anybody at all anymore. And I didn't trust anybody, certainly adults in a position of authority. And so I didn't know what to do with that. And once I became a teenager, I just really backed it out. I was just so angry and weightlifting in sports became an outlet for me. Wow. And I understand that at 18 years old, you were really wanting to play football, but you also got a job as a bouncer for a club for 21-year-olds. And that's where you started to drink and really get into drugs. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, at the time, I was like, life's great, you know? My dad was able to sneak us in the bars when I was still in high school, and we drank together. And my friends thought I had the coolest dad in the world. And then mm-hmm. once I graduated high school, I walked on to a Division One football team at Middle Tennessee State University oh. and also got hired as a bouncer at 18 years old in this nightclub that held 3,000 people. And in that environment, I was drinking a lot, and it was alcohol mostly at first. But then the so-called good times, quote-unquote, quickly spiraled out of control. You know, try this, try that. Now let's go to this after-hours wow. party. So the next thing you know, I went into doing cocaine and going to graves with ecstasy and things like that. Now, I understand you were going through a lot of heartache and pain, and you felt like there was just something missing in your own life since dad was gone for a part of your life, and you really didn't have a stable foundation Did you think that the drugs were going to help fill that void? What were you experiencing when you were doing that? Yeah, you know, I was so hurt by the brokenness of both of my parents. And when I bounced back and forth, they both had new spouses. I had a stepmom and a stepdad, and it was absolutely brutal. I moved 18 times by the time I was 18, and Mm -hmm. I was a new kid all the time. And so I always had to prove myself and got into it with bullies. So once I started drinking, and then once you're drunk, it's easier for somebody to just hand you a drug, you know, supposedly your friend or your coworker. So it was more about escaping reality, you know. But yes, in the end, there was a hole in my heart that could only be filled by one thing. But at that time, it was more about numbing the pain and escaping reality. And it seemed as if drugs did that because by mentally checking out, you didn't have to deal with the darkness in your life. But yet that's such a lie because the darkness becomes your master and you get enslaved. And it becomes even darker because... For you, you actually overdosed and died, almost died, three different times. And it wasn't enough for you to have two overdoses. It took you three where you finally realized, wait a minute, something's got to change. Tell me about that. Yeah, I can't believe 
I almost died multiple times, and it still took that third time for me to wake up. That's how powerful these chains are. The third time, I was 30 years old. Fast-forwarding from the college years and getting in trouble with the law, getting arrested and all that, I squandered my potential education. I squandered any potential sports career. And then the 20s, I moved back in with my father, and my 20s were a lost decade. And that's when we went really downhill in Gary, Indiana, Chicago area. So fast forward to 30, my dad and I were getting high together. We were getting drunk, partying, all that together. And it got so bad, we basically had to flee. Mm. Drug dealer had our car, pawned everything. It was horrible. It was total, total enslavement. The best way I could describe it is a miserable existence, completely devoid of meaning and hope. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you were addicted to cocaine. And this third time, someone thought you were an undercover police officer and actually gave you poison. And that's how you almost died the third time. Tell me what happened when you woke up and realized all of this. Yes. I woke up in the hospital. There was a guy in the bed next to me in a full body cast, and I was disoriented. First thing I thought was, man, I must be in really bad shape. Then they come in the room, and I'm on an IV drip, but I'm hooked up to a morphine button, too. And then they walked in and they said, you're in renal failure, your kidneys have shut down, and we're going to have to start you on dialysis soon. And you also tested positive for hepatitis C. Mm. And I felt the palpable crushing pain in my chest when they told me the news. And they left. And I did the only thing I knew how to do up to that point, which was not deal with it, not think about it, push the morphine button until I was unconscious. Mm. And not to kill myself, not to kill myself, but I was just continually staying in this, you know, getting high. That's how it works. So then on the fourth day, they took me off the morphine and I was forced to have to think about the wasted years of my life. And I couldn't believe it. At one moment, it hit me so hard when I said, I can't believe I did this to myself. Mm. I finally had to take responsibility. Wow. Instead of blaming my parents or blaming my upbringing. Wow. Mm. So the weight of everything was on your shoulders. And in that moment, you cried out to God and something powerful happened in your life. And it wasn't the last time it happened, but we're going to pray with people who are listening right now who need a change in their life where they're at their wits end like you were their final moment where they realize, wow, I've wasted my life on drugs or addiction or whatever they are wasting their life on. And they need to call out to God because that's what you did. And we're going to pray for those people who are listening right now. And we'll have you on our next show. Thank you so much, David, for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Gosh, when you hear of a story like that, about how addiction just completely just derailed his purpose, his plan in his life, and pretty much, you know, almost destroyed it. And I think some of us who are listening could say, gosh, you know, maybe it wasn't that addiction, but there's something that really has grabbed a hold of my time. And now here I am, all these years have passed, and what have I really done? It's so easy to feel that way when we don't know what our purpose is. So God, we just call out to you. We want to know you, but we want to know what you put us on this earth for. So Jesus, we call to you, deliver us from anything that's causing for us to lose our time. Help us to redeem the time for the days are short so we can know what we're supposed to fulfill in our lives and let us actually fulfill it. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
God bless you all. If you need prayer, give us a call at 877-480-4477. Again, 877-480-4477. You're listening to Real Life.